Hello, my name is Dorian, and this is episode number 17 of the Song of the Olive Press, a walk through the book of Philippians. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and strengthen those followers of Christ who are going through an olive press. They feel as if they have been placed between two stones, squeezing all the life out of their lives. This podcast goes out with a hope and a prayer that God may turn your time in the olive press into a song. Thank you for coming back to my podcast and for joining me in a walk through this garden called the Book of Philippians. Many years ago, I took a train from the south of Spain to Madrid. From there, I was catching another train north. The train arrived in the middle of Madrid, and I had a few hours. Having never been to Madrid before, I had planned to walk around a bit, but I found out I was close to their national art gallery. Now that was that. I knew exactly where I was going to spend my time in Madrid. Having bought my ticket, I went into the first room. I knew there were other rooms. I could see the doors. But I could not leave that first room I was in. I wanted to. I wanted to see everything, but I could not move from that first room. Fortunately, there were benches to sit on. I guess they were prepared for people to be overwhelmed. Certainly I was. For hours I sat and stared, sometimes fighting back tears. As we are walking through this garden called the Book of Philippians, I feel very much the same as I did in that art gallery. I can't seem to leave this passage. Let's read it again. Philippians 1, 19-26 Reading from the New King James For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Christ according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed but with all boldness as always So now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet, what shall I choose? I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. We are still looking at those few words in verse 21. For to me, 
to live is Christ. Remember we are thinking about three connected ideas. God is there, God is here, and God is in. Last week we talked about God being there as a certainty of judgment. The Bible speaks of a judgment seat of Christ and the great white throne, and every person that has ever lived will be brought before one or the other. And we talked of heaven. God is there. And he has made a way that we may go there, that we might be with him. Moreover, Jesus promised us that he was going there before us and was going to prepare everything for us. Many times I have gone to Asia, and each time my friend is there to pick me up at the airport. I pass through immigration, collect my bags, and then I go through a big door. The door opens up, and every time there's my friend with a big smile on his face. He takes me to his home, where he has a room ready for me. To me, this is a picture of what it will be like. A great door will open before us, and there will be Jesus with a big smile on his face, and he will take us to his home where he has a room prepared for us. Jesus being there is what makes heaven heaven. Not the beauty, not the peace, not harps or anything like that. It is the presence of God that makes heaven, heaven. Our image of heaven will profoundly impact our lives in multiple ways. But one of the most powerful impacts is our being able to fully grasp the concept of God is here. It is impossible for me to overemphasize that. Walking with Jesus, getting to know Jesus, and experiencing Jesus is the abundant life. Hence it is not anything I may or may not possess, nor it is anything I can or cannot do. In the first chapter of Matthew we read how the angel of the Lord told Joseph that he shall be called Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. If the presence of God is what makes heaven heaven, and God is with us, that means we have a piece of heaven with us always. We have food to eat, heavenly food, and drink to drink, heavenly drink, that the world cannot know, nor can the world understand. Because God is here, God is with us, and we will always have a piece of heaven with us. We can and will survive the olive press. In my experience, and according to the experience of all the biographies I have read, in the olive press, that is all we have, the presence of God. In the olive press, under the crushing of the stones, everything is stripped away, and all we have is Him. And to be truthful, 
most of the time, we cannot even feel the presence of God, but we have the promise. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Why should this be? Why do we so often not feel the presence of God in the midst of the olive press? One of the main purposes behind our Good Shepherd taking us through an olive press, through our Gethsemane, is that we may come to the place where He is with me is enough for me. And even when we do not feel Him, there His promise is enough for us, we can live in the assurance of that. As the psalmist said in Psalm 42 and verse 5, Why art thou cast down, O my soul? And why are you disquieted within me? Hope in God, for I shall yet praise Him for the help of His countenance. Did you hear that? For I shall yet praise him. So maybe we can't see the light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe we can't feel his presence right now. His promise is enough. Let's dwell a little more on God being here and how that is all sufficient for us. Think in terms of not as the world gives. There is a very interesting verse connected to that thought. In the book of Hebrews, chapter 13 and verse 5, Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. The Greek word here for covetousness has to do with not loving money which is how many modern translations translate it. The word used here comes from the Greek word friend of silver. Don't love money. But why not? After all, money gives us pleasure, status, power, and security. What is not to love there? Pleasure, status, power, security. What could God possibly offer that is greater than those? Just a promise. And that promise we find in the second half of verse 5. I have already quoted it earlier. But let's carefully read the whole verse together. Let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with such things as you have. For, for, that would mean the reason why is coming next. For, he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. For he himself has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. That is the promise. God is here with you in everything and at all times.
it would seem that God thinks His presence, and even the promise of His presence, is of far greater value than the pleasure, status, power, or security that the world offers. God does give us pleasure, power, and security. But what God gives is spiritual in nature, so it cannot be seen by the world. And that is what often causes us problems. For God does not give us status. Instead, He gives identity. In John 1 and verse 12, But as many as received Him, to them He gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in His name. God is here. And that is enough. Remember what David said in the valley of the shadow of death? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Maybe now would be a good time to stop and pray. Hopefully you will join me. Father, I ask that you keep my heart free from covetousness and the love of money. I want to be your friend, as Abraham was, not the friend of silver. For you are enough for me, and even when I do not feel your presence, your promise is still enough. The next aspect of God with us has to do with our purpose. Surely if Jesus is with us, he must be doing something. He must have a purpose for us. Why, you ask? Firstly, because if God is here, then He is in the driver's seat. God is not some genie in a bottle, waiting for us to rub the bottle so that He can come out and do whatever we want Him to do. If God is here, then it is us who must enter into what He is doing and fulfill the purpose He has for us. The second thing is that God made us, and He made us to need a purpose. Of course, the God who made us must fill the need He Himself created. How wonderful it is to know that no matter how small whatever I am doing may be, that somehow there is a purpose far greater than I can understand. Why do I emphasize no matter how small what I am doing? Because that describes most of us doing little things. Our days are a series of little things. And many times we fall into the trap of thinking, I have no purpose. But if God is here, if He is with us, that is impossible. Nothing is small when God is here. Remember the boy with the loaves of bread and the few small fishes. He gave them to Jesus. And Jesus multiplied them. And when you think about it, that multiplication is still taking place. 
how many people's faith has been strengthened through that story? How many lessons has the Holy Spirit taught from that little boy's action? And how many sermons have been preached about a little boy with his loaves and fishes? See, they are still being multiplied today and will be until the end of time. I believe that most things that happen in the kingdom of God are just like that. Some unknown and insignificant person gives what little they have to Jesus, and then he multiplies it. Actually, isn't that why we pray? Because we believe in the power of God to multiply our small action of prayer. If God is here right now, and I am doing what he has called me to do, no matter how small that may be, it has eternal purpose. Now it may be easier to think of God as far away watching us. Then I can kind of get lost in the crowd. And I can do what I want. After all, I'm just one in a multitude. But God is with us. God is here. Think of the first church. How could they do what they did? Persecution had driven them out in all directions, but they gladly gave themselves to the life of a pilgrim. Namely, they followed the words of Jesus when he said in Matthew 6, 19-21, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. They lived this. They turned away from earthly treasures and sought to lay up treasures in heaven as Abraham had done before them. Think carefully of what Jesus said. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Willingly they laid their lives on the altar of God so that they would become a testimony. When we look at the Acts of the Apostles, clearly stamped over it are the words of Revelation 12 and 11. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. This could only be accomplished by a people that had completely renounced Genesis 3 and verse 5. Remember the devil tempted Eve with the words, You will be like God, knowing good and evil. The Church of Acts clearly repented of this and cried out, No, my God alone shall choose for me what is good and what is evil. The work of that generation could only be done by them holding on to the promise, I will never leave you 
nor forsake you. This is what God is here means. We enter into his purpose, following our shepherd. I will leave you with these thoughts until next week, where we will talk of God is in. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. If you think of anyone who would be blessed by this podcast, please send it on with prayer. God willing, I will post a new podcast this Wednesday. Thank you for coming along with me on this walk.